0: Welcome to the Identity and Destiny class for June nineteenth, two thousand and eighteen. Susan Folkler oversees these classes, and in this episode, Susan began by introducing Catherine Simon
1: She really got people thinking about their destiny and 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 proclamation over their life, and she really has an amazing anointing for this, but. Um, Of course, it's all coming out of you you all. So she has some exercises and some different things planned for tonight. So yeah. Let's come on up, Cat and Jesus. We just ask you would open our minds, open our hearts, open our imaginations. And just set them on fire with passion for you and passion for what you have put in our heart, God. Would you just break off fear and um, comparisons and maybe things that have been put on us from the past that aren't from you? Whoa, whoa. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The stuff from the past needs to come off now. Because Jesus has a new idea for who you really are. That doesn't look like anybody else. That's that's really the bottom line. It's never been who you really are and who you're becoming has never been seen before, right? He never does the same thing twice. Who? So Jesus, just anoint, anoint Kat in her words and open us up and and just get us ready to receive what you have. We thank you, Jesus, that you love us all and you have really good plans for every single one. Your name, Jesus. Amen.
2: Microphone. Hello. Let me get settled here. Good evening. Hello. Let me just breathe. (laughs) I think I just like sped down Village Parkway to get there, to get here. Anyways, I'm so glad to see you guys. Thank you for coming. Um, Destiny is such a big topic where people make it out to be And um, part of the reason why I started getting involved with this is back in 2009 or 10, I was in a conference down at Cheon's church in Pasadena, um, and Sue was there, Diane was there, a couple other people were there, and um, there was one thing that um, Graham Cook had said, and he said, there needs to be accountability groups where you're not trying to keep people from sin, but you're reminding people of who they are when they forget. And it hit me like a ton of bricks, because I I think, I don't know about you, but I grew up in the church, I went to a Christian school that was pretty conservative growing up, and um, accountability always meant You need to get with people to keep you accountable so that you don't fall into something. So it was always to run away from saying that, beware if you don't hang out with good company, you're gonna get poisoned. Nobody like ever influenced me by saying, you know what, you got all the goods. Like you don't live out of fear. You live out of who you are to God made you and God made you to be good. Like nobody ever told me that. And so when Graham Cook said that, I immediately in my heart said, I'm um, doing that, and so, like, within months after coming back, I um, I had talked with some people that were going to um, be my core leaders that were going to help me out with this small group that I didn't know anything about. That I just was kind of like, okay, I'm just going by faith, and um, one by one, like everybody had a piece of the pie of what they were bringing. And one of the girls had a book called "I Am a Dream." And it's written, I, I don't remember the author's name, but oh, Valerie something, I forgot the last name. Um, but she's a girl out of Reading, and she used to be involved in the children's ministry there. And, and this book uh, was basically a, a great resource to just take inventory of, like, like Um, examining your past, your present, some of your dreams that you've had either as a kid or prophetic words, and it was just a good way to just kind of organize your thoughts. It would ask you really deep questions. Valerie Valerie Greco, that's who it is. So my friend told me about this, and the following week I was going to go up to Bethel just to get away and just be alone with the Lord and and just kind of think about this, and so I wanted a discount because I figure there's going to be about 20 people coming, um, and and so I call at Bethel uh, the the Eagles Nest or what do they call the bookstore there? Is it the Eagles Nest or the the the, the bookstore? And um, while I'm talking to this, when I said, you know there's this book that you guys sell, I'm going to buy it in bulk. I was wondering, um, do you guys give a discount on it? Like, and how much do you need to buy? And as soon as I'm talking, the lady goes, Oh, the author's husband just walked into the store. this never happens to me. And so he gets on the phone and goes, Actually, we're gonna be here this weekend. So if you want to come by, we'll set up a time and she can meet with you. So weird. That never happens to me. So I go up there, I meet her, she's excited about you know her book being passed all over. And like, that was like one checkoff box where it was like, see, I am on this and I will give you a favor if you... It was this thing where it's like, if you just, like, walk with me in this, I'll take care of everything. And I went back. Anyways, the group was um, a big success in that it got people's juices going and I measured the success by people just responding. It takes a lot of courage to actually be a little bit introspective, be reflective and at the same time be open about your dreams despite what you think you have or don't have or 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 worrying about are people going to be like you're never going to be that way. Like you know like all of all of our background and if we've never had anybody tell you that you can do the impossible things with Jesus, there're things that just kind of come up in us. Anyways, the same friend that had the book, she gets this idea and she goes, you know, let me see if Doug Addison would want to come to our small group. And I'm thinking, what? So my friend used to be roommates with Doug Addison's wife, and I never thought in the million years to invite somebody who's an international speaker who has an itinerary. Anyways, he comes to the small group in my little house with these 20, 30 hungry women, and it was just weird, like I just was like, "Oh my God, like I felt like I was catching up with the Lord with what He wanted to do, and so I felt like um, this whole thing about destiny, what I've learned from it, uh, there are a lot of things that I thought were were God's destiny, and they can be, but I think I'm teaching it differently than I did. I, I remember doing that first class. It was a lot about making a list and doing it and hopefully God will bless it because that's kind of how I live my life. And so this time around, um, I felt like God wanted to talk about just really simply your destiny. It's pretty simple. Like it's God and you, you on your own, your relationship with yourself, and it's your relationship with other people pretty simple. And how that plays out in the world is something that you're going to walk out for the rest of your life. You go from glory to glory to glory. Like, that's your destiny. So for someone, it might be, I want to raise some kids that are going to be warriors in the end times. Like, there are women who are, what do they call it like home engineers? Is that the the term that they have for like housewives, remember that housewife term. Like people have used this new term, like home engineer. That could be a that could be a wife or a husband, somebody who stays at home. Um, it could be somebody as simple as, as that, or it could be someone who they just want to be in the prayer room and and just worship the Lord, or it could be as great as someone like Steph Curry winning the NBA championship or being the NBA. A and VP go Warriors. That's my little that's my little plug for the Warriors, but um, but yeah. So for those that are listening, we're we're pointing up to the sky just like Steph Curry does whenever he gets a shot. But I I've changed my you know I've changed my tune because I think sometimes when we hear about people and their destiny, nobody ever prophesies about you're gonna be a great mom unless there's somebody's pregnant, or nobody says you know what. What you do at work really matters. You pay attention to the fine details, and that's important because it makes everything run smoothly. Nobody says that. They say things like, you're gonna go speak to kings. You're gonna be the CEO of this. You're gonna, and they're, they're great things. Those are great things, but I think sometimes the perception is the destiny is supposed to be this thing that has to influence the most important people and that's okay, but I think we have this we have this perception of the world that like you only you only have a destiny that's amazing, if it's something that's colossal that makes a lot of money, that influences everybody in the world, um, when really it just boils down to who are you influencing around you because you don't know the people that you influence you don't know who they know, you don't know. It's kind of like um, the woman at the well. It was one person who had a lot of baggage. And Jesus says this one word of knowledge. And he, he had to use discernment because if he didn't have favor, that could have gone bad to just say, actually, you're not with the person that you're married to. Like that Can you just imagine somebody going up to you and saying that at work? That would go wrong. But because of the favor he had, because he he kinda he was kind to her. He he crossed prejudices, prejudices, crossed kind of taboos of like talking to a Samaritan woman. Because he did that, because he did that of love, she gives him favor. And what does she do? She's like one woman, and her whole town gets saved. So I just want to encourage everybody that everything that you do matters. And even if maybe people don't talk about you, there are books in heaven that God writes about your life. And angels do write. They have scribe angels, apparently. Angels take note of everything that you do, and your story goes on for eternity because you sit in heavenly places and your your dreams go on forever as you're continually going from glory to glory. Like we don't die. God is the God of the living. And so I just want to encourage people that your destiny, it could be boiled down to like who you are as a person and who what you like doing. Um, there are a couple of things that The Lord reminded me today. Um, I think the heart of who I am, I'm a lot of different things. I'm still learning about my identity is I'm an encourager. Like, I didn't think I was, uh, but I think I really like encouraging people. Um, Some of it, I think, had to do with, like, feeling like the underdog all the time. Like, not feeling like anybody was cheering me on because I wasn't, like, the best you know, runner in the, in the in, on the track team, or or best high jumper. But God can use anything that you think you lack, and then it's like He makes you into that thing because you don't want anybody to feel like the way you felt. Um, so that it's funny because when I was a kid, there were a lot of things I wanted to be. I like I wanted to be a waitress because I thought it was cool to interact with people, just the public. Um, <laughs> and I would I would play with my dad and my mom and whoever came by. I would always like, play at home, um, uh, and just love dealing with people. I remember having visions as a kid, not open ones, but just of people asking me what they wanted, what what they should do with their life. Um, and, and I, I just kind of dismissed it, but, like, God reminded me of that today. And another thing that's kind of been a repeated thing is it doesn't matter where I am, I can count on, Probably in my hands, maybe not my toes. I'm in a I'm in a like a place where I don't really know where I am. I might be visiting somewhere or like someplace that's not necessarily my home. And people come up to me and always ask me for directions. It's the weirdest thing. So God is really just even just subtly uh woe in certain things that are part of my destiny is to show people direction. I think it's towards the Lord. Um and also towards who people are, like how God's made them. Um, and also, I, I do work with the public. I'm on the phones all the time with, with people who call in about medications. So destiny, what is it? Such a big topic. Um, in the dictionary, de- destiny is defined as what happens in the future, the things that someone or something will experience in the future, a power that is believed to control what happens in the future. Um, they have here a difference. Full def- definition of destiny: something to which a person or thing is destined. Fortune wants to control his own destiny. For example, a predetermined course of events, often held to be an irresistible power or agency. Um, now, these verses are um, one of many. These are just a few of them. It's not all inclusive. But God's definition of destiny. Um, is this. For example, you have Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's handiwork, or sometimes you'll see versions say uh, craftsmanship, in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. John 14, 12 to 14, it says, I assure you and most soundly say to you, anyone who believes in me will also do the things that I do, and he will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name. This I will do so that the Father may be glorified and celebrated in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. John 15, 7 through 8. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified and honored by this when you bear much fruit and prove yourselves to be my disciples. This is one of my favorites. Psalm 37, 3 through 6. Trust in Adonai and do good. Settle in the land and feed on faithfulness. Then you will delight yourself in Adonai, and he will give you your heart's desire. Commit your way to Adonai, trust in him, and he will act. He will make your vindication shine forth like light, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. And then Matthew sixteen twenty-four through 26, this is a message version. Then Jesus went to work on his disciples. Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. This is the verse in, in different versions where it says, take up their cross. And I I like this version. It says, anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way to finding yourself, your true self. What kind of deal is it to get everything you want but lose yourself? What could you ever trade your soul for? So, God has a different take on destiny. I think there, we're, we're still kind of lining up with some of the things that he's doing. I think we're always, as a church, kind of trying to keep up with the Holy Spirit. Um, it's it's a dance. I felt like walking through your destiny is like a dance. Um, I'm learning ballroom dancing right now. And when I first started, it, once I figured out what the steps were, I stopped kind of being sensitive to my teacher's leading. Like I would turn one way or I would anticipate doing a certain move and he'd swing me around the other way. And I think I think, part of our destiny in going more towards the Lord's heart because that's the ultimate goal is, is being more like him. But also like he, he calls us, you know, He one of the prayers that John said in John 4, is it 14 or 17, where he's about to go to the cross and he prays for all his disciples and um, he prays that, I pray that the disciples would be one as we are one Lord, like if we're united with the Lord, like that's like our goal, like there's obviously some stuff that's going to fall aside, it's going to we think it's more about him, but really it is actually more about us looking like him, and I think I think God changes our paradigm as we continue to just kind of let go. Like, sometimes there are things I grasp onto where I'm just like, oh, what am I going to miss out on? (laughs) Or are you going to, like, I was so afraid of God sending me, like, to Timbuktu, like, Africa. Like, you're going to be, you're going to be, like, you know, running into the bush because a bunch of, like, natives are going to just you're going to be a martyr like that's like the worst case scenario i thought but looking back on it now like i think and i i think just hearing even like heidi baker and some of the different missionaries that are out there now like because they've grown in the knowledge of the glory and the love of the lord they're yielded and that's that's our life too that we're growing in trust of the lord um and, and getting more in tune with, you know, he is. He's right, he knows exactly what, what he's doing. And so that's, that's, that's our ultimate destiny, is that um, I know that we have the mind of Christ, but I think part of the story here on earth is, is lining up with that in every choice that we make. So, and I want to talk a whole lot. Um, a lot of this evening is gonna be just activation, share, activation, share a little bit, um, and then I have like a little exercise at the end um, that we've done in the past that seems to stir up people's emotions and just certain things come up for people. So um, if you turn a page, the next page, um, so we talked about destiny just being you and God, you having a relationship with you and God, having a relationship with yourself and having a relationship with the world and all of those, they're they're always changing, right? You're always growing. And it, even the relationships change. We know that. So um, what I wanted to do is take some time um, to be quiet a little bit. I'm going to do this exercise with you guys as well. And um, I'm not going to ask people. I'm not going to... Uh, Pick on people to share if you want to, you can. It would be nice to hear people share um, just so that people could feel like, oh good, I'm not the only one. Um, So we're gonna do this exercise here on the second page. And this is just you and God right now. So we're gonna take time to reflect. Uh, John Paul Jackson in one of his videos, I'll never forget it. John Paul Jackson was a a prophet. He came here to the Bay Area and taught a lot of us um, how to interpret dreams. That was his thing, how to interpret dreams. Um, and also the prophetic. Um, and one of the things he said in this video was sometimes you just have to close your eyes and go wherever your heart takes you. Okay, so um, there's some questions here to reflect. Um, and you'll see the format of it. And then what we're going to do is let's spin. One, two, three, four, five, six. There are... Six questions that um, are mainly like a reflection with about you and God. Um, let's go for about five minutes. I want this to actually be something where you don't think. So it's gonna be hard to relax as well. Like don't, or just let the pen flow. If you don't got anything, go back to it later. Um, Russ is gonna play some music and then I'll call time or I'll, I'll say, you know, one one or two minutes more. Um, and then we'll come back um, and discuss what people um, felt like God was telling them or what they felt like was going on inside of them. So that would be great. Thank you. Oh, yes, you have a question? Oh, um, here. Let me see if we have any pens. I think. Oh. Do you have a pen? Okay. Or even when we... Um, a little bit more group interaction when we break up into partners how was that for you guys That's good does anybody want to share Let's start with the first and tell so the reason why i done this tell heavenly father what you're thankful for what you praise him for um like it says to enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise and so yeah, I know that they use that verse a lot in like worship and stuff. But just to even get your mind um, aligned with like how he does things and stuff. So, um, so we're gonna skip um, those first two. Um, what were some thoughts that were going through in terms of what Heavenly Father was thinking about you? So, I'm gonna give you the mic. Go ahead and just state your name and then go ahead and share.
3: Hello, my name is Favor um I um let's see I I saw him laughing and being allowing himself to be pleasantly surprised at my antics and like my expressions and stuff you know how dads do where they're like oh my goodness you know and it's, yeah I, I saw him doing that where he was allowing himself to be surprised and he was just laughing and smiling so oh, favor and not in a like bad way but like uh oh, you are a hilarious girl yep. thanks favor
2: anybody else did you oh my gosh uh we're doing um what thoughts um what what are what are the thoughts that he has for you so oh thanks thanks Russ.
4: Um, My name is Ryan. Hello, Hi. hello. Um, so when I thought of this and his thoughts towards me, I asked him, and immediately he said, uh, you're my beloved son. He said, you are a peacemaker. Mm-hmm. He said, you are an encourager. Mm-hmm. He also said, you are uh, my warrior. You're a lover of truth, and you're a worshiper.
2: That's a good one. Thank you. Anybody else? Okay, okay go ahead and um. Oh. oh, we got somebody! Yay! Anybody? Else? Anybody? Oh, yay! Shannon.
5: Yay. Uh, I have to read my writings. Hold on. Um, he said to me, "My child, you are the one I love." Oh, I can't read my writing. Hold on.
2: Um, Shan, if you're able to um, put sorry. the mic up to you. There yeah, you go. I got it. Okay, um, That's it.
5: Uh, my child, you are the one I love. I see you as beautiful, lovely, and determined. You are not a quitter, and you are in your heart I hold in my hands.
2: Mm. That's good. That was really good, you guys. Um, name at least three things during your childhood that you wanted to be when you grew up. Who wants to go for that one? <laughs> this this is where people start getting bashful. I found like we're all kids. Yay! Hey. <laughs> Don't be shy.
6: Hi, I'm Stephen, and my first the well, first dream I had as a child was being a DJ. I wanted to be on radio. I wanted to, to do background vocals and songs, doo-wop, you know, all, the, all those background vocals. And I wanted to be a bus driver. Oh,
2: interesting. And I'll go brag on Steven for a minute. And was there one that you actually wound up becoming or did at one point?
6: It was being a DJ.
2: Yay. With a voice like that, With of course. With a voice like that. <laughs> it's awesome. What? Russ folklore, ladies and gentlemen.
0: I wanted to be Superman, and I, r- I ran around the house with a towel type uh, you know, closed pin to my shoulders so it would fly behind me.
1: <laughs> I remember wanting to be a, an eagle, a bald eagle, so I could fly. <laughs> That was also, I wanted to be a jockey, like ride horses. And then there was being a doctor. So (laughs) I guess it ended up being practical.
2: Yeah. You know, the cool thing about a lot of these dreams, like, even though people didn't do them in the natural, like, spiritually, they are those things. Like, I'm just going to brag on Russ for a minute. Like, Superman, like... You know, Clark Kent, he gets in his telephone booth and he changes, but in the meantime, he's just like, whatever, he's just a reporter, he's like learning, you know, he's really humble, like, and and yet, When trouble's around, he turns into, like, the protector. And so I just want to let you know that you, and you probably get this from your wife and your family anyway, so you already know this, but, yeah, Russ is, like, a prime example of just, like, Superman. Um, We'll brag on him and and Susan again. Like, they led this group called the Dream Team way back in the day. It was, like, right after we took these classes with John Paul Jackson and um, Doug Addison, and um, they just have this huge gift of gathering people, but like, they have this great ability to be like mom and dad to everybody, and it could be like 30 people in the room, and once they connect with you, they make you feel like you're their kid from the same family, same blood. So anyways, I can go on and on. I know other people can too, but um, were you gonna say something, Shannon? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. By the way, I forgot to
5: say my name earlier. Shannon is my name.
2: Um, I wanted to be a teacher
5: uh, because my dad was a teacher, so I thought, okay, I'll be a teacher right, like my dad. Then my stepmom was a flight attendant, so I thought, okay, maybe I'll be a flight attendant. So, And then um, I remember as a child um, being in... We had these floors where I could put my socks on and it could s- kind of slide around whatever. I loved doing that, but I would, I would actually... Um, say, I want to sing and dance and make people happy. Oh, that's awesome.
2: She had okay. Um, oh, we got one. Yay.
4: Once again, my name is Ryan. Um, so, I wrote it down. I'm not piggybacking. I wanted to be Superman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because Superman could fly, and he had all these special powers. So, I would run around the house with towel or something wrapped around my neck jumping off stairs, trying to pretend I was Superman. And then, uh, as that kind of faded, because I couldn't fly, (laughs) um, I wanted to be a basketball star. And so there was a guy who looked like he could fly, and that was Michael Jordan. So I was like, oh, okay. And then um, also was uh, Michael Jackson, because he had the He had all these dance moves that looked angelic. And then he had the white glove and the white socks that was glowing. And the Holy Spirit has kind of tapped me. And I remember one of the um, when I first finally had seen like a um, a movie about Christ and after his crucifixion. And he said to his disciples, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. He started ascending up and I was like, wait, wait, he can fly. And so it's just a trip how that all ties into that. He, he's the one who could really fly.
1: cool. I just have to say my oldest son, when, when he was young, we lived in North Oakland, and Russ would take BART every day to San Francisco. So he thought that his dad just drove BART for a living. So I'm sure he, he thought when he grew up he was going to ride BART for a living, right? <laughs> just thought you'd like to know that. By the way, Ryan is a BART driver, right? Bart, what, What's your official title? Train operator, a BART train operator, there you go.
2: Very cool,
1: awesome. Yay, we got another one. Hi, I'm
7: Elisa. And when I was five, I remember I wanted to, well, I think that's the first time I could remember anything, you know, right? How far back, yeah. Um, I just wanted to save everything and everyone. So I would make sure the little bugs didn't get stepped on. So I was like always saving the roly polies. Care about and life. then um, I would have so many dreams of something chasing me, and I had to save everyone. So I would fly, and everybody would c- hang on to me, and I would fly everyone to safety.
2: <laughs> That's a good dream right so,
7: there. So uh, I had that dream a lot of flying and saving people. So that was really, that was cool. from a, You know, for a a lot of dreams. And then um, when I was 16, I wanted to be a famous singer. (laughs) You know, not just necessarily the singer part, but um, writing a song that everybody would sing. You know, one of those things. And then I grew up, and then I wanted to be a mother.
2: (laughs) Which I was. Yay. Awesome, cool. Um, Keep in mind the answers for the last question, what are one of three dreams or prophetic words you've had that you feel God wants to accomplish in you? We're going to discuss that later um, as we do more of the exercises. So talked about God and us. Um, Now we're going to talk about your relationship with you. And Carolyn Lee, she's a neuroscientist that's just come up within the last couple of years. She's a Christian. Um, and she and other uh, researchers um, are kind of going against the grain in terms of like um, psychiatric health. Like uh, The way the Western world works is if somebody comes in and they're depressed or, or they're fearful of something, they have anxiety, is you give them a pill. You give them a pill because the old school belief was your brain could not change. You can't change your brain. If you have injury in your brain, it won't change. And so you always kind of got the death sentence or you got the worst case scenario. And um, Carolyn Leaf, um, I, she's from South Africa and she and other researchers um, are are finding that uh, the new research that is coming out is your brain can change. And so a lot of the things that influence um, your decision making and um, just, how you go about life. Yes, some of it's genetic, maybe, but you actually can write your own story. You can actually change your DNA by the way you think. And so how you think about yourself is really going to determine whether you believe God, that that he wants things for you. And also it's going to determine whether you act on the things that you feel God is wanting to do in your life. And so Proverbs 23.7 says, for as, uh, usually in, in um, other versions, it says, as man thinks, so is he. And this version says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Um, Proverbs 4.23 says, watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. Um, one of the exercises in a lot of Carolyn Leaf's books, I highly recommend actually her checking the web, uh, you checking out her website. Uh, her name is Carolyn Leaf. I forgot to spell her first name. I can get that for you. Um, but she has a lot of good books and tools on just taking stock and also instructions on on how to really take ownership of your mind and really catch things that don't line up with the Lord. Um, and so we're going to take time to actually meditate and, and do a little bit of journaling again on how you see yourself. You're going to partner with the Lord. Um there's a lot of questions in this section. We're going to take a little bit more time with it. Um, I'll, I'm going to go over some of these questions as well. Um, are there any opinions I have of myself that don't align with your thoughts about me? So these you'll ask the Lord. What past events of my life have you redeemed that you, God, or I want to share? It could be either what, what do I want to share with other people? Like what do I bring to the table? Um, what are there uh, are there particular situations that have occurred repeatedly throughout my life I think um, some people have brought that up a little bit which ones reinforce my gifts which ones have actually come against my identity you'll find sometimes that the things that have come against you are actually things that tell you that is actually what are your callings so um, yeah we're going to pray that the Lord just opens up your heart what passions do I have in my heart why do I I think that's supposed to say why do I care about this? Um and also reflect in the area of justice, what makes me angry? Like this is kind of a free-for-all, but especially down at the bottom, the whole passion thing but be, be about things that you cannot stand, things that you really love. Um, is there something from my past that God wants to redeem or bring justice to somebody else? So we're gonna take, let's see here, one, two, three, four. This is a big section. Okay. And let's take about 10 to 12 minutes. And I'll I'll try to keep track and see if people are done. So we might even end earlier on this section. But go ahead. Father, we just ask that you would um, tenderize our heart even more. Holy Spirit, I pray that if any thoughts um, are coming up for us, or even things in our heart, Father, I pray that you would... Um, Just gently bring those to the surface and and counsel us, like, what, what is it about this that you want to bring up? Thank you, Father. Some of the responses I'm getting is challenging, deep. Anything else? I want to applaud you guys. Uh, Susan and I were just talking, and even Lord had told me when I was driving over here that um, this topic about just even approaching your destiny and even tackling uh, such a big topic, a lot of people don't show up for it, unless it's like a big venue like Reading, you know, and everybody's doing it. and even in the group that I led, there were people that started out really strong, but when they got to this point, when they were reflecting on things that were either obstacles or things they were just dealing with, um, and a lot of it had to do how they saw themselves and how they saw God, they stopped coming. And so I just want to applaud you guys, first of all, for, for just going there and, and doing the best to answer the questions and, and wrestling, and, and that's kind of our life, is just really wrestling with God. and. And um, there's like a a term where you give positive force and negative force when you're dancing. Like you're either pushing against your partner so that you could feel the contact or you're pulling. And that's what our relationship is. So I just want to applaud you guys for that. Um, We're gonna go a little deeper. We're gonna share a little bit. I promise it'll get fun. It actually gets better once we start talking about you and the world. But this is, you know, this is where you have, like, relationship with yourself. It's just, like, do I love myself? You know? <laughs> and I think we can all, like, point out, like, things that we don't like about ourselves. And yet we have a God who celebrates us even in our mistakes because he's, like, oh, I got this. I'll write that into the script, you know? So, um I think we have time to talk about all these questions. I I want to spend a little bit more time on this because this seems to be um, kind of the most uncomfortable thing, but there's something that happens when people support you. Like, there's a reason why support groups, whether they're Christian or not, like AA is huge because people are going after the same thing. And I think for Blazing Fire, we're looking for transparency as well as the truth. Like just, it's one thing to share how you feel if you feel bad about yourself, feel good about yourself. It's another thing to, to match it and um yeah, just apply the blood of Jesus. Like, what does that look like redemptively? So um, I'll just I'll just break the ice. Are there any opinions I have of myself that don't align with your thoughts about me? And so what I did is I did a column, and I did like my thoughts. And what I felt like the Lord had said. Um, I really struggle with feeling if I'm humble. Um, I work and deal a lot of times with healthcare professionals, and they're very busy. They're very smart. So um, every now and then you get doctors that. Um, not every doctor is cocky, but they're very intelligent, but they're also impatient because they're so busy, and so a lot of times they may unknowingly or even knowingly treat you like you're stupid. And so sometimes my reaction on the inside, even though i am still got my customer service voice, is you're an idiot. You're going to give this drug to somebody you don't even know what it's about. You're asking me what it's for? Like, that's my first response, and yet I go... And I don't say that, but I know the Lord hears that. And I'm like, okay, I need to I need to stop. Because really, it's it's stuff from the past, like getting offended at somebody who treated me like I was stupid. So anyways, yeah. I, I told her, I was like, I'm not humble. And, and he says, you are humble like my son and still learning. And so I was like, okay, I could deal with that. so. Uh, there were other things that I put down, but is anybody? I want other people to share, so oh, thanks, Susan.
3: He was waiting for this. This is favor. Um, are there any opinions? He said, you apologize for taking up space, mm-hmm. think that you don't belong in the spaces you've been placed in unless you're working. You also think that if folks really got to know you, they wouldn't love you. Mm. You also think you're undesirable. So, all of those things, but the opposite. He thinks the opposite. Totally.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. We love you, favor. Mm-hmm. Totally. I don't know any one person that doesn't like you.
1: It is. It is shocking, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When we say it out loud. Yeah, yeah it's different. Yeah. Everybody else is like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Um, once again, Ryan. Um, I think this is a really good exercise because it made me okay. think and ask him. And it always comes up that I'm not qualified enough, mm. um, like not good enough. Yeah. Uh, I'm not strong enough. I'm not gifted enough. Mm. Um, and the big one, uh, which is he's working on, is I don't deserve his blessings or his favor. Mm. I've always felt that. I've walked under grace, like, okay, I'll let you get away with that. I'll let you just be okay. I'll, I'll keep you protected just so nothing happens, but never feeling like you're good enough to walk in his blessing and favor.
2: That's yeah. really powerful. I wanted to encourage you. Thank you for sharing that, Ryan. Um, one of the things, too, about this exercise is once you share it out loud, like it does something in the darkness where it dispels the darkness. Like the darkness can't do anything if you bring it into the light. And so we're amongst each other in the presence of the Lord. Bringing it into the light makes you think differently because you're exposing it for what it is. And so thank you, Favour and Ryan. And for everybody else, just to even expose it on a piece of paper, that means a lot. And we'll talk about that. I did have a comment about the grace thing, too. There's, like, multiple forms of grace. What's his name? Who's uh, Morningstar? Rick Joyner. Rick Joyner. He did a talk. If I ever find it, I'll... I'll Send you a video of it. He talks about the three graces. I forgot what the third one is, but one of the graces, uh, there's, I don't know the lexicon for it, but there's grace for like you're saved by grace, like that's salvation and mercy. But there's also a second type of grace that is the grace to be able to do things. Like um, Heidi Baker has this crazy grace to just do what she does to go out in the bush and deal with witch doctors love them, like, there is a grace for that, and so, yeah, I I feel like there's a grace on you, Ryan, um, that that you're going to be able to rise up into the truth of, of how God feels about you, and, and the same for you, favor, like, there's a grace, like, really all it is is partnering, but, like, God just kind of does this thing where he, like, graduates you, and then all, you find yourself Accelerated in a level that you never thought you could get on your own, and that's that's that grace. So, anyways, just want to put that comment out there. So, sorry about that. Anybody else want to share? Can I? Can yeah. I add just one more thing? Absolutely.
1: And that is, since we are one with Christ, we have perfect, unlimited, seamless communion with Him. We are in Him. He is in us. And that's the only thing that qualifies us. Whoa. It's only him. It is only him. I think we get tripped up because we think we got to do something. Amen. We can't. All we can do is accept it. So I pray for all. I know all of us struggle with this at some level. At some level, we all struggle with this because it makes no sense. It's completely irrational, illogical. It makes no sense. So God, help us accept what makes no sense. A gift so much bigger than we could ever begin to wrap our brains around. We're weak, we're we're messed up, but yet you call us perfect and awesome and you take every hit for us. You take every mistake we ever make for us. Our mistakes aren't even our own mistakes because he's in us, right? So that means he's gonna share our mistakes and our screw-ups with us. Mm -hmm. We're not even on our own doing those. Whoa, so we can't own them. <laughs> can't own them.
2: Because we're in him. So we are in him. Amen. Yeah, just even tagging on to that, too. Um, I remember the Lord telling me that, like, a lot of my past, like, when you give your life to the Lord you are giving up all the rights to your story. Like the copyright is now his. Mm, yeah. You don't make any money off of it. He <laughs> makes money off of you. And so that means anything under the blood, and, and I didn't realize this until this year, like there would be times where I would rehash some of the mistakes that I made that were big mistakes that were obstacles to my own faith. And um, the Lord was like, no, no. I own that stuff now. Like, that's my story. That's not your story. So I just yeah. want to bless you with, yeah, yeah, just tacking on. Yeah, that. go ahead. Just
1: Do something like read Saul, read, yeah, read Saul, Saul. Saul. Yeah. read Saul, his story, yeah. and how he turned into Paul. You're going talk about disqualified, but yeah. But anyway, yeah. what
2: was there? We're uh, gonna move on to the next yeah, one. Yeah, there's yeah. So um, what? Okay, what past events of my life? Have you redeemed um, that you want to share with people or or what are past events that I want to share with people? Yay. Okay, okay. All right. So um,
7: I don't know if this applies to everyone, but I never felt loved. You know, just never felt. I always felt like my brother was loved. I was not loved. That's probably true, but not true. No, I, I mean, you know. It's it's what you believe, whether or not it's true or not. It's what you believe. So I never felt loved all my whole life. So I was chasing love. Just, you know, got to be someone out there that's going to make me feel loved. And even though you're in the church, you don't feel loved. Even the church people don't love you. You know, it's a a never-ending cycle. So just this last few years, I started um, reading, of course, Being Here, Blazing Fire, which, oh, hello, it's so awesome. I felt started to feel loved here, you know, it's wonderful. But um, I started reading Leif's book, uh, Raining from a Place of Rest. Amazing. Do you guys know Leif Heflin? Okay. Amazing book, because what... What I realized is I was chasing after love because I felt like an orphan. I felt like, and I had to cut, it was generational. It was, it was not, my mother didn't feel loved. I can see that now. She never felt loved. And then the person before her never felt loved. And so you're always trying to fill that spot with stuff you do and accomplishments to fill that Fill up that hole of never feeling loved. When really, like this book is it's, I'm, you know, doing it now. I'm instead of chasing all this people to make me feel loved and filling my life with stuff I'm doing for God, I'm finally on my face, resting in God's presence. And now the orphan spirit is gone, like it is gone, but I had to have a few people here at the church pray over for me to be released from the orphan spirit, so that there were a few battles that have been won this last few years, but we can't go forward to our destiny of what God wants until we get rid of the orphan spirit and are filled with God's love and know that Literally, we can't be happy unless we're in the God's presence. I mean, being in God's presence and rest is the only way we can go forward
2: to the future. That was good stuff. Oh, got a taker. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. That was powerful.
5: testing. Can you hear me? Okay. (laughs) Okay. Uh, uh, For me, um, when I first started uh, Kingdom Training School of Supernatural, I was just, I had been in Blazing Fire for maybe, maybe a year, maybe two years, I guess. But I wasn't coming all the time, because I was still um, living in Modesto and that kind of thing. But, um, But then when I started Kingdom Training, School of Numerous Supernatural, I was going through a divorce at the same time. And one of the first books that we read was uh, Supernatural Ways of Royalty by um, Chris Valentin. And that book really changed my perception of myself, of becoming a princess rather than living in an orphan, kind of like what you were talking about. Uh, because for a long time I just thought mm, I'm, you know, like you said, not loved. You know, I grew up in a house where that wasn't really expressed. And so uh, just coming here and going through the school, I mean the school and playing Fire together was what really uh, helped redeem what I felt I didn't have but now have, which is uh, a, um, a relationship with Jesus. but I see him but I see him as father. you know I, He redeemed that because before I was just like I was just really clueless with a lot of this love stuff, you know I I couldn't I went through a period where I just couldn't um, I just didn't know what it was. You know, and then I was going about it all the wrong ways, and, and but uh, the, uh, but coming here and in the school, it was just, just reading that book, just really, it was the first time that it just, you know, just changed everything. And then when, I think it was um, another gentleman that came and he talked about loving yourself. And that was something that was really huge for me. Uh, uh, you know, growing up as a Christian, I always would be bugged by that scripture that "love yourself as your neighbor," and I was so frustrated by it. Was like, how can I love me and love my neighbor? I hate myself. You know, I I have shame. I have all these things. How can I? How can I fix that? You know, and but again, he explained that scripture, and all of a sudden, the light just went on. And it just shifted, you know, and it's like, oh, I still, you know, I still have my day-to-day troubles, struggles, like, oh, man, I screwed up, you know, that kind of thing. But I don't stay there and dwell in that place, you know, of um, that. And then just, just the fact that I, I know him as father, that was really huge as well for me, that he redeemed that as well. And so, yeah.
2: That was good. Thank you, Shannon. Anybody else? Yeah. Yeah. Is that did you want to share that one or did you want to share another? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The last one is just that's when I start getting My name is
6: Steven. And hi. And for me it would be the many, many years of abuse that I went through. Uh, just it was many, many, many years of abuse, but I never realized that Father God, Jesus, and precious Holy Spirit were were there with me all the time. That they were there all the time. They never left me. I I could have been dead if they weren't there. Yay, God,
1: because they were.
2: Yay hey God thank you for sharing your hearts that was powerful All you guys just want to bless what God's doing in you um we're gonna go straight to there's some questions here so the next part is you and the world um we're gonna actually uh have you do this at home um, main thing is uh I want to just declare this over you um Johnny Anlo, they wrote a, a book called The Seven Mountain Renaissance, Vision and Strategy, Strategy through 2050. And um, I got an autographed copy for signing up for a class. So um, I'll, I'll talk about resources um, at the end of class. But uh, this is like their verse for teaching about the Seven Mountain Renaissance. And for those who don't know, the Seven Mountain um, teaching is about the seven areas of influence in, in society and culture. And the, the verse that he often refers to when they're teaching, he and his wife, uh, Johnny and his wife is Elizabeth, is Isaiah 61 through 3 Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples, but the, light, the Lord, excuse me, rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. And I think it's really interesting. I think sometimes we, we, we get religious and we go, oh, but it's Jesus' light. It's in there. It says your light. And even the Lord even says, let your light shine like you have a light you have a torch that you that you're going to bring wherever god has you go um so one of the things i want you to ponder we're going to skip over the section for for this class we're going to go straight into a little bit more interactive stuff partnering up but i just want to go over um in terms of you and your relationship to the world your dreams should have a purpose for even after you're gone Like, there should be something about eternity that's in that goal. Um, There's a video that, um, gosh, I forgot his name already, but he's the host for Family Feud. Steve Harvey Harvey has a great video um, where he's giving a talk, and he, he tells people that when people are going after their dreams, don't go after it just for the paycheck, um, and I think a lot of us do that. Like, we want to make a living. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but your dreams should actually outlast you. Um, like, one of the gifts that um, John Paul Jackson has, or, uh, yeah, well, he's alive in heaven, is he interprets genes. And um, one guy asked him one day, and was like, well, how do you do it? And he was like, mm, I don't know. And the guy was like, mm, that's a shame, because your gift's going to die with you. And so he made it a point to be able to train other people up and that's why you have all these dream interpreters around um, and other people have started to do dream interpretation as well so these are just things to think about like what's your bigger why because whatever your why is is actually going to take you farther it won't it'll, you'll have the grace to do it if you figure out what the, your what your why is because if you don't have a good enough why you you're you you will not be motivated to go after it Okay, So, um, yeah, just some things to think about. How does my dream affect other people that come after me? What legacy do I want to leave? Okay, so we're going to actually partner up. We talked about this a little bit when we made an announcement at church for folks that were there Saturday about creating a mission statement, formulating a vision statement. We're going to save that for your own personal work when you go home. We're going to actually do an activation um, identity statements. We're going to... Take the information that you jotted down, or even stuff that's just inside of you that you didn't write down, um, and form I am statements. And the way this is going to work is you're just going to think about things that are dreams. Um, And this is going to be silly. So this is actually like, pretend you're a kid, because you're still a child of God. You're not this mature (laughs) adult in the kingdom. You're a child. We all enter the kingdom and stay in the kingdom as a child. Um, And you're gonna form I am statements, and this makes, sometimes people get really uncomfortable about this. I I had mentioned uh, one time, uh, like some of the recurring things that had happened to me is like people just always asking me directions, like in places that I don't live in and stuff. And so I would say something like, I am a guide to unknown places. I am an encourager I am a life coach. I'm a world changer. I am a bringer of justice. That is your I am statement. Take take whatever your dream is and write it down. And we're going to partner up. And you're going to tell the other person who you are. Because we're supposed to know each other by the spirit. Okay? And so it could be anything. It doesn't have to be something that's uh, what you... Uh, like wrote down but like I'll take Susan for example Um, just stuff that I've known about her like if I were Susan I'm going to brag on her Um, like Susan has been really instrumental with like the whole healing thing inner healing physical healing humor, lots of humor like I would say something like I'm a healer I'm a healer I'm a bringer of justice. I set fee- people free from emotional pain because of the one who lives inside of me. I am a mother to many. Okay, so that's how this is gonna go. Now this, this is gonna take a little bit of like courage, but just kind of like own it, because we're all kids, remember? Kids don't have any problems being like, I'm Superman. They have no problems doing that. So. Um, we're gonna take. I don't want you to think about this too much because you're gonna wonder, like, am I gonna be, st- am I gonna feel stupid doing this? We're gonna take only, pick a couple things, three minutes, write it down, and then I'll call time. Partner up with somebody, tell them who you are, and then um, I'll tell you. Uh, so I'll tell you the instructions after you write it down. So let's start right now. Three minutes go. So you, we'll just write down. Um, it's the second. Uh, it's the identity statements. I am such and such, or I am a. I'm. Okay. <clears throat> so what you're going to do next? Partner up with somebody, and then what you're going to do? <coughs> the person that's listening is going to take notes okay, on what what they've said. It doesn't have to be word for word, but also listen in the spirit of what the Lord's telling you about that person based on what they said. You can take notes. And then, um, this shouldn't be that long. Like, don't go in a whole thing. I'm gonna, we'll do another two, we're actually gonna do two minutes because how you present yourself, two minutes. We'll do two minutes, switch, two minutes. And then what's gonna happen after that is you're gonna introduce people the way you see them. So, you're sharing with the other person who you are. The person writes down what, what they hear, but also what they hear in the spirit about you. And then they're going to introduce you to the crowd, OK? So and I'll do a demo as well. So let's do two minutes. Pick a partner. And then group of two. And you're going to be introducing the other person. So I'll tell you when to switch, OK? And then the other person will tell you who they are. Does that make sense? So if I partnered with um, Russ or somebody, I'll be like, uh, I'm I'm a, whatever, I'm a cruise director for the spiritual life. Or I'll say these things. He'll write it down, but he'll also write down what he feels the Lord's saying about me, and then we'll switch. He'll tell me who he is, and then we'll all do what they, what I've, Kind of term as a prophetic introduction, um, and we'll do a demo. Okay? All right. So go ahead and get in your partners, and then um, we'll go two minutes. Actually, yeah, two minutes, and then we'll switch. Hmm? Right. While you're working on that, Susan and I are going to do a demo. So have one here tuned in we thank you for the people listening on on that podcast if they're listening okay do you want to go first or do you want to would you would you like to okay so Susan's gonna do a prophetic introduction of me and I'm gonna do a prophetic introduction of her This is
1: Kat, and she is a spiritual cruise director. You always have fun when you go with Kat. No matter what you do, no whether wh- where you go, you're going to have fun. She helps people find their true path. It's a lot of, she helps l- them find the light that's already lit up before them they could not see. She fights for those who have been victimized and pulls them out, the ones out of darkness and brings them right into the light and sets them on that path. She loves stories. She loves to listen to people's stories and she validates those stories and helps them to own their own stories like they never were able to before.
2: Thank you. So after every introduction, don't do it with me because that was just a demo. You can do it with Susan. Susan, you're gonna all stand up and do a standing ovation, but not with me. <laughs> okay, you can. Ready? Yeah. Go. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. This is Susan Flochler. Some things to know about Susan is she is a navigator and champion, leading people through the journey of going back home to their own heart. She is a promoter of open walls of the soul and the heart so that Jesus can be seen transparently uh, felt uh, felt and loved. She's an equal opportunity lover of humanity, and she is also a force to be reckoned with against sickness and disease. And she has made it her life mission to make sure that she sees every sick person healed, which she will. So ladies and gentlemen, this is Susan Folkler. Okay, who's next? Who's next? Okay, cool.
3: feel like I want to do the game show voice, too, like, hello. But no, no, no. no. <laughs> Everybody, good evening. Good evening. There we go. This is Ryan. Ryan is courageous. He is a light in the darkness where there, you see the light at the end of the tunnel. He often is bringing that light. He is a child of God and bearer of truth. He has it on his hip like the sword. He is a leader, talented, and blessed. And the picture I got was he was holding a whole bunch of grain, just like overflowing. He is an an encourager and father of many. And that's what I got. This is Ryan, everybody. Yay. Yay! Yay!
4: Well, hello, everyone. No. (laughs) All right, this, oh. This is Favor, and she is a mother. She is a nurturer. She is a comforter. She is creative, and she is a master builder. She possesses the Father's heart, his character, his emotions, and his feelings. She is a destroyer of the enemy with God's truth. She is a friend who creates a safe space. She brings justice wherever she goes. And she possesses the Psalms of God, David's heart, God's heart. She's a psalmist as well. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Favor.
2: Okay, anybody? Next.
1: You guys are
7: awesome. You're going for it, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, everyone. This is Shannon. Yay. And her her yellow shirt shows what a beautiful person she is. She just has flowers and yellow is just happy, beautiful. But Shannon is an artist. She uh, has many facets to her. She loves music. She writes her own music. She's a photographer, and she's a poet. But most importantly, Shannon knows who she is in Jesus, and she is a healer. Shannon is confident in who she is because God has made her confident. Shannon has a heart of love for people and shares it all of that love with all of her talents and gifts. This is Shannon. All
5: right, this is Elisa. Is that how you pronounce it? Elisa, okay. just want to make sure I pronounce it right. (laughs) Elisa is one that rescues others from their emotional and mental and physical pain. As she dances and prances over them, uh, the bondages uh, and the chains will break. And as uh, she does this, the captives will be set free. And I can get a chance to finish ready. But I also saw, I also felt like you are someone that leads them to the light so that they can uh, embrace uh, the light and and I um, and yeah that's pretty much it. So uh, what I got. So
2: and that's who you are.
5: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: <we got> <laughs> <laughs> Russ and Steven did you guys want to do it? Sure. Yeah. Yay.
0: I give you Stephen. Woo! Stephen is a helper. That's the kind of helper that the Lord spoke about the Holy Spirit being a helper. Stephen Oh, come on. We're we're, we're reaching for the stars here, Stephen. <laughs> so so some, so Stephen sees needs and he, he, he delights in coming alongside and working in the background to enhance people's lives and, and experiences. Stephen is a spiritual parent. He's a, he, um, he loves to see people thriving and uh, to call them up into who they really are. And he's tender and gentle and kind and thoughtful. Stephen is a light bearer. Wherever he goes, the light of Jesus shines through him to the environment and to the people he, he's in contact with. And Stephen is a caregiver. He wants to make sure everybody's okay. Everyone's fed. Everyone's clothed. Everyone is warm. And... and um, is, is taken care of, and that's his heart. And I, I'm adding, he, Stephen is tenacious in welcoming, liberating truth. Yes. I give you Stephen. <laughs> he may, and you don't get to dispute what I said, Stephen. <laughs>
6: Okay, I I do. That's (laughs) a little bit different, but it's okay. (laughs) um, Brothers and sisters, I introduce to you a great man of God, Russ Folkler. (laughs) And Russ carries a father's heart. He has so much compassion for... Papa's sons and daughters. And he'll stop at any time and he'll talk to you. It's great compassion. He, Russ is a healer through Jesus. He'll pray for you, mm. it's just really wonderful. He'll counsel with you. May I add a personal word? Yes, that's yes. I've spent many years with Russ and Susan and they have helped me tremendously. So when I say that Russ is a healer through Jesus, great counselor, great counselor. Russ is also a catalyst. And I don't know if you know the definition of catalyst. I learned that catalyst is something that causes change but yet itself never changes. So Russ will cause change with Jesus' help, but he'll still be the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that carries over into signs, wonders, and miracles. Russ also carries an incredible amount of joy and shalom. And that's a little bit of what I know about Russ. There's much more, but I introduce, I just welcome mm-hmm. Russ Folklore.
2: Yay, Russ. Thank you guys for, um, yeah, just humoring me and, and just even being a kid. Thank you Stephen. Um, I know that you know this is such a big topic as I said at the beginning and like this in and of itself is not gonna like you can cheer yourself on and this is like a good place. this is like home. find people that are gonna remind you of who you are when you, you get lost. Um, we didn't have time to go through just even the how to's, but even that is pretty simple. Everything that you do, you you made a decision you know, whether it was great or not great, but, like, if you just actually take a step doing something, like, if you want a job, you go apply for a job, you know, like, none of us are, um, we're, we make decisions whether we know it or not, okay, and so basically, for me, one of the things I felt like God wanted me to just kind of touch on before we close is it's really important um, to make decisions in terms of relationships um and that doesn't necessarily have to be like you have to stay in like one church but one of the things that the lord's been really impressed upon me is that the glory of the lord is not it's it's not just christians like he's picked a lot of human beings to release so many good things on the earth and what, it's been my observation that sometimes when People hear the message about, um, you know, your light and your glory. You have something to bring. You do. And sometimes people go in, but sometimes people that are Christians, they kind of go in thinking that the people around them that aren't Christians don't have anything to bring to the table. And so it's kind of like we come in. Some of it, too, is like I grew up in a church where you – not in a church, but like um, just – teaching different teachings where it's like you almost felt guilty if you didn't like read the four spiritual laws to people or you weren't the one that closed the deal to make that person a Christian like as if we ever could and so I think sometimes not everybody but sometimes Christians don't come humbly and so that's why a lot of business folks they don't like Christians because we get all religious or we think it's up to us to be the ones to save them or, or to be the Daniel to the Nebuchadnezzar well Daniel loved Nebuchadnezzar if you read all throughout scriptures, the people that, like, had the hardest time, like, they had a relationship with Pharaoh. And so there are things that even God has blessed. It says in the Bible that the Lord has rained on the good. He brings rain on the good and the evil. That the, we're the, It doesn't say that Christians are made in the image of God. It says everybody is. And so God is, he's an artist, and he thinks everything is beautiful. And so it's really our job to open people's eyes about who they are and some of them already know that but they don't know that they are created and so uh, I I really feel like if anything um, your journey should also be about finding maybe not your pharaoh but God will tell you if you've if 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 you allowed him to develop your character if you if you let him to develop your character a little bit if you're called to the pharaoh or maybe it's not a pharaoh maybe it's the second in command to the pharaoh, or or the third in command, like yes, we're allowed. We're we're going to bring the light, but some of it is actually discovering the treasure that's in other people, and letting them know. And so, um, with that, if anything, um, I would actually. Uh, encourage people, if you want to go do something, and it doesn't even have to be anything like monumental, it could be a small thing, it could be a big thing, some people want to go into government. Like we talked a little bit about the Seven um, Mountain, um, influence of the Seven Mountains. If you want to be influential in that area, you have to start a relationship with people in that area. Uh, I am in the business world, and I didn't think I liked the business world, but I'm finding more and more that the business world actually likes me Um, and I found myself in situations where I can't mention God but I can turn around my vocabulary and I've gotten because I prayed for somebody and they knew it but I had to use like different I had to change my spiritual vocabulary I got somebody a job somebody who was married to their husband, but their husband was down in LA because he couldn't find a job up here. And he was really smart, but because he was so smart, his job was so specific and specialized. He was like a physicist, and he couldn't find a job up here. And she was basically a single parent. And I'm just saying this story because your story will be different, but like I tried the whole God thing. like i kind of dropped God's name in there, and she'd always change the subject. So I had to like backpedal and be like, OK, she doesn't, she can't mention, we can't mention the God thing. So I started kind of joking around, but I wasn't really joking around. I was like, well, I'm gonna scream out to the universe because that was safe for her, I said. And I would turn to the cities where I wanted him to go get a job. So I would turn to like the South Bay and then the um, peninsula and I said, hire, and I would say his name, hire, you want him. He's the best guy for the job. Two months later, he came back up to Northern California, able to be with his kids, and he got a better job, he got a better paying job, and it was like the job he always wanted. And so I'm like, okay, I could do that. And so I just want to encourage you, develop relationships with people that you want to be able to influence, but you have to be Ill- willing to be influenced by them. Okay, it's, when there's when you go in with love, and I really like my coworkers, um, when you go in with love, like there's no agenda. Like Lord, the Lord writes it in there somehow. They might open up to you one day, um, and so I just want to encourage you that this, these are good exercises, and we don't want to keep doing the introspection. The introspection is mainly to like take out the goods, and where are you gonna, where are you gonna drop the seeds at? Where are you gonna drop the seeds of love and develop relationships and find your tribe? That doesn't mean. Switch churches you can I mean for now, like this is where this is where I live. I love this culture, but this culture empowers me to go and do what I do in my my other tribe, you know, so um, that said, I have a lot of uh, resources on the back. I'm going to wrap it up. Um, if you have any questions, you can de- definitely um come ask me, you can email me and stuff. The last page is just some resources um, I'm just going to mention some names you can ask me later. Um, Johnny Enlow, Elizabeth Enlow, they have a teaching on the Seven Mountain Renaissance and how Christians are going to be a part of that. Um, Doug Addison, he has a lot of uh, self-improvement books on how to just get going with changing your own life. Karen Leaf, again, amazing woman. Um, She's got a lot of tools about just even coaching your brain so that it aligns with God so that you can do the things that he thinks you can do. Um, and then there's a bunch of videos, inspirational videos on this last page. So, yeah, come and talk to me. Other than that, um, I just want to bless you. Let's just close. Father, we just thank you that you you are the author of our dreams, and you love your children. Because it brings you glory to see your children not only thriving, but, Lord God, the truth is you want to spoil us r- Rottenly, not even rottenly, just freshly, so that people know without a doubt. Every nation that saw Israel blessed, Lord, they knew you were God. You, they knew that you were their God. And so, Father, we ask the same that you would not only give us the blessings that that we're looking for through you, but also, Father, that we would be good stewards of when when we do get the blessing that it would be not only for us, but there would be something to impart to the people that are hungry for love and hungry for you. I bless everybody here, Father, in Jesus' name and everybody listening, Lord. I pray that you would begin a journey with them or continue journeys that have stopped for a while. Lord, we thank you that you are igniting a new love and a new path for all of us. We pray this all in the name of your Son, most amazing King of kings, Jesus Christ. Amen.